0: Why 480? It's the number that drives our work lives.
1: 480 minutes, that's all you have every work day.
0: And the decisions that you make each minute can change everything.
1: When you plan out your business goals over the next two years, that's only 480 work days to get it done.
0: In your entire 40 year career, you've only got 480 months to make an impact with your work.
1: Time is the limit we can't control. Because time is your most precious resource.
0: This is the Leadership 480 Podcast. Hello, I'm Craig Irons, and I'm your host today for the Leadership 480 Podcast from DDI. The podcast that's all about making the most of every moment of leadership. Today's topic is focused on the 480 days, the number of work days in a two-year period, and the trends and forces leaders need to be aware of that impact their businesses. Today's topic is generations in the workplace, and we are joined by Tim Dean. Tim is a certified global coach, a sought after keynote speaker with a passion for empowering others to realize their full potential, an international best-selling author, and he also uh, teaches a class at St. Louis university called how to leverage generational diversity. So that's what we're talking about today with Tim. We're talking all about generations in the workplace. Tim, thanks for joining us.
1: I am so happy to be here. Thanks for asking, looking forward to it.
0: Terrific. So let's just jump right into this class that you teach. Uh, You teach a university course on generations in the workforce. So the first question that comes to (laughs) mind for me is, what makes generations in the workplace such a rich subject that you could spend an entire semester talking it, about
1: it? it? Excellent question. A little caveat, or you know, full disclosure. While it does, the class does unfold over a full semester. It is, it's a night class in the graduate program. The students work full time and then are taking my class as an adjunct uh, to fulfill their MBA curriculum. So while it does last the whole semester. It isn't three days a week for, uh, you know, six or 18 weeks. Sure. Um, However, every semester, it's becoming more relevant simply because most of my students are under the age of 40. So they're millennials. Some uh, millennials are right now literally the age of, say, 23 to 38. And they're managing. They're leading. uh, And in fact, they're leading Uh, sooner than any generation before them, and therefore the class becomes relevant because I'm literally helping uh, share with them and expose with them or talk about best practices how they navigate the minefield of managing people that are their parents' age.
0: Wow. So even though, as you point out, it's not a -a three-day-a-week course for the course of a semester, but... I mean, it is an important topic, and it does make sense that that would be part of an MBA program for the reasons you just you just uh, shared.
1: Yeah, and and just a dovetail on that, uh, Carnegie Mellon here in Pittsburgh, actually part of their leadership immersion program, offered a handful of different courses that MBA students had to take to again kind of fill in their leadership uh, development. And I had a workshop similar to that that I now do at St. Louis University. So thankfully, uh, some academias are recognizing that before MBA students finish their graduate work, that there's relevance to uh, getting some real life business experience uh, context. And now that we have five generations in the workplace, it's it's just such a relevant and ideal topic right now.
0: So even though it's just one night a week, uh, right. But it doesn't fold over the whole semester. So what do you talk about? What do you, what's <laughs> what's on your syllabus <laughs> for this course?
1: Well, a, a great question. Uh, the, the first thing we really, besides talking about the landscape of the five generations and the definitions and just getting some of the terminology out of the way, one of the first things we always have to address first are stereotypes. So we break I, I have breakouts with the students where they are able to, write down as many negative stereotypes of each of the four, or now five generations, no filters, because when you hear certain generations or when the names come up, your first thought may go stereotypical, especially for the millennial generation. It's all about, oh, they're entitled, or they're trophied, or they're spoiled, or etc. That, uh, starting with the stereotypes has to happen first. Because we need to acknowledge it, get it out there, and then move it aside to then spend the real meat of the class and the time to talk about what are their unique skills that they're bringing. What are the unique perspectives that millennials and other generations possess in the workplace? And now that we have five, how can leaders maximize and leverage that skills and awareness and experience effectively? That is where the crux of the class is drives the content
0: so you mentioned the five generations that are currently in the workforce so just for you know for full disclosure those are you know
1: traditionalists are still there Uh, there's in their 70s and 80s it is by far the smallest in the workplace there's some are maybe working two days a week three days a week whatever the company uh, will support a lot of them are maybe a family-owned business where the patriarch or the matriarchs are s- s- still showing up a few days a week. So they're But they're still out there. It's about 3% of the workplace, workforce, excuse me. Okay. Uh, baby boomers, which was the biggest generation in my lifetime. I'm 50-something. <laughs> and they were the largest in population and in the workplace and still pretty strong group or pretty big size right now. They have now been surpassed in both population and the workplace by millennials. We'll get to them in a minute because as always, we always jump over Gen X, the forgotten generation. Uh, we're the smallest generation, which is what I am, a Gen X. And we don't have the, n- the numbers to fill all of these baby boomer retirement positions that are being vacated at a record of 10,000 a day. There's. We don't have the, the humans alive in this country to fill them all. So guess who has to lead again, as I mentioned at the beginning? Who has to lead as a manager, sooner and younger than any generation before them? It's the millennials, which are now the largest in population and in the workplace. And then we have Gen Z, which are roughly the ages between seven and 22. And the oldest Gen Zers graduated, the oldest Gen Zers are one year out of college. So they are now in the workplace.
0: Well, wow. so you you kind of threw out ranges there, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to specific ages. So that that sort of begs the question: uh, you know, How do you define a generation? So, you know, is it being born within a specific time frame, um, such as within a ten-year period or twenty-year period? Seems like those definitions have not have become, you know, if not arbitrary, at least somewhat fluid.
1: It correct correct.
0: Uh, but is is it, is, it that, is it that simple or is there something else in play here?
1: It, well, you're touching on it and it's kind of a combination of all of what you just mentioned. In uh, There are two authors, Howe and Strauss, if anyone's curious of just getting some background of generational history. They've written several books and what they hypothesized is that in America, we keep repeating 80-year cycles consisting of four 20-year generations, and they took it back to, say, the 1500s, where because of the things that are happening, happening in, a, in our country over those centuries, from social things, political things, wars, strife, recovery, growth, they, in, they basically grafted, if you will, that, and they tried to overlay that there's some cycle going on that we just keep repeating. That's no longer holding uh, as much credence today. Uh, for a a number of reasons. The biggest being technology. Uh, For decades, a generation was primarily defined as a birth cohort, individuals that were born in certain 20-year increments that shared social, political, and economic events during their formative years. That implies that when you're between, say, the ages of 8 to 18 or 18 to 20, or sorry, 8 to 20, everything that happens social politically and economically you share that as a generation of course you're going to develop your own values of short of course we have so much more in common than we have different however there's some credence to because of the decades you were born and therefore developed as an adult there's there's something to be said about that of how you're motivated and how the world's events have uh, contributed to how you work. And that's why technology, which is now the fourth variable in the last 20 years, social, political, economic, and now technological, is so critical is because generations, if you look at any time bounds these days, Gen X is only 15 years, and boomers were 25. Gen uh, Millennials are only 15 years. Gen Zers are only 15 years. So technology is, in fact, redefining the birth cohort and shrinking it so it's less now maybe the years you were born and certainly more so what technology was launched during your formative years. And that just kind of blows the whole thing out of the water because it, it in the future a generation may have nothing to do with your birth year and only with what the latest technology that has just been released. So what if
0: I'm hearing you right, what, what you're saying is that you could almost draw a line between, say, people who came of age before the internet, post-internet, or even before Facebook and Instagram and after.
1: No, correct. Uh, The the Gen Xers were the bridge generation. We grew up with none of it, and then we were in the workplace when it became uh, commonplace, and we're now living with all of the younger generations that have literally lived with technology all their lives and you're, you're correct, is that technology, especially when the iPhone got released, and there's so much fascinating research of Gen Zers, for example, of how they've uh, delayed dating, uh, getting a driver's license, trying alcohol, or having a job outside of high school. And it's, it's graphically, it just plummets. And it's just fascinating that technology literally has affected their decisions on all those four things I mentioned, as well as the number of times they go out they go uh, vi- go out with their friends without an adult Wow, so stay tuned <laughs> for for gen Z um but even millennials I mean the oldest millennials are as i mentioned thirty eight I mean they're parents, so uh, and it's funny, I, there's an article I love that I reference a lot. As m- many millennials during some of my keynotes will come up to me afterwards and say, Well, I'm nothing like those 25 year olds. And I said, And that's understandable. Sure. And there's a great article, Don't Call Me a Millennial, I'm an Old Millennial. So, in essence, it's and even though it's only a 15 year uh, time span that the millennial generation is being defined as, if you will, and even that, there's uniqueness sub generations, and that's fine too. None of this is. Uh, labeling so stringently, it's being aware, and that's the biggest word I share with my students and at any uh, workshop, is be aware of what the other generation's thinking is based on when they were coming of age and how to capitalize again on learning that. It's all two-way. And that's where the stereotypes circling back to that really just hinder that, because stereotypes are one way, We label it, we throw it on someone else, especially younger, we label them negatively, stereotypically. Generational awareness and generational diversity, the class I teach, is all about two-way awareness. Certainly better understanding your own and understanding the others that you literally are working with every day.
0: We're talking to Tim Dean, a certified global coach, keynote speaker, and he also teaches a course at St. Louis University as part of their MBA program on how to leverage generational diversity. So talking about generations, Tim, when you talk about generations in the workforce in many respects, that has almost felt like it's sort of become synonymous with just talking about millennials. Uh, There's been (laughs) so much media coverage. Um, over probably the last 10 years or so uh, about millennials. So what is it about this generation? Now, you mentioned its sheer size, but what is it about this generation that attracts so much attention
1: and scrutiny? And you you hit on part of it is it's simply branding and marketing because, because they have the largest amount. The other thing, though, is interesting, and I want to uh, give some context as well. One of my slides or one of my uh, exercises that I do with my class is I've collected Time magazine covers dating back to the 60s. And back in the day, the boomers were going to be the death of us all. That traditionalists were you know, complaining about and worrying about. And I have two or three Time cover magazines when Gen Xers were the slackers and they can't even give us a name and we're gonna be the death of us all. And now millennials are just the next one in line. And I predict every single time in any forum, any format, Gen Z will be on the cover of Time Magazine at some future date, and they'll be positioned as, oh, dear God, they're going to kill us all. It's <laughs> it, And the other thing that's so f- interesting is one of the negative stereotypes that millennials continually are labeled with is ju- are just narcissistic. And I'm here to tell you a simple fact, spoiler alert, every younger generation is more narcissistic than their elders. It's just a fact. Get over sure. it. So there's things like that that... <laughs> Be careful what the noise is, especially when it's a stereotype. And that's why it's harder, bluntly, harder to spend time and focus on, wait, what are the unique skills that they can actually bring? And let me give you an example of that. Every uh, keynote or every workshop I do, we always break into the groups, as I mentioned, that they are allowed free reign, all the negative stereotypes, and I talked about that. After that's over and all the laughing and there's lists and pages and pages, especially the millennials, I mean, it's flip charting and it's 30, 40 different things. After that's over and there's more content, I then repeat the exercise. But now they have to do unique strengths of all the generations. And it's almost as if you could hear a pin drop because, one, it's a lot harder because they just haven't thought of it. And the lists are considerably shorter. It's maybe 30% of the length of unique skills and strengths that they can think of versus all these stereotypes that just spill out sub uh, almost subjectively or subconsciously so that's why I keep trying to reinforce the awareness aspect focus forcibly focus consciously focus on wait what is a unique value and skill and work ethic and and there's several that each generation solely possesses and the thing I really love about millennials is they are the most collaborative generation on the planet because they've been coached since birth. They love input. They're great on teams. So, again, if I'm a manager or a leader of them, that's a perfect opportunity to say, okay, how can we capitalize on that? So, you mentioned the fact that,
0: you know, there's been every generation that's coming up. Is you know has draws some attention. You know, they're going to be the death of us right, all. Right. I believe From the older generation, yes.
1: <laughs> like I, like I do to Gen Z right now. No. <laughs> and, <laughs> we're just joking, joking. Folks. yeah. Just have a little fun, and remind um, me later to tell you what the name of the generation after them is called. Uh, that that will be our little cliffhanger here. Yes. So I'm really interested to age, hear that. <laughs> if, if anyone listening has a child age six and younger, they're not Gen Z.
0: Hmm. Well, I'll be interested to hear what that reveal is. Exactly. That'll be coming up here in a little bit. Back to millennials for just a second. So, you know, has the all the media attention devoted to millennials? You know, again, given what you've talked about, you know, with earlier generations and how they were portrayed as well, has it has it been a little excessive? Um, and I guess what I mean by that. Uh, You know, to what extent has the attention been wrong? You know, where do the differences end and the stereotypes begin?
1: Excellent point, uh, Craig. The other fascinating part that contributes, I think, to a lot of the focus, and sometimes warranted, take the stereotypes out of it, but let's go to the workplace. The millennial generation is the first generation in the workplace to embrace job hopping. And what I mean by that is their average tenure is 18 to 24 months. And, of course, when I share that with a room full of boomers, their heads virtually explode. And I'm a Gen Xer, had many jobs in the early days, if you will, of my career where that was seen as a real negative, that that was seen as a negative perception of either job hopping or gaps. Those days are gone. So the millennials, because they've literally taken the – the idea and the philosophy of work and turned it on its end, that is probably, I'm um, surmising, contributing to then a lot of the focus of what the heck are they doing because it is completely different. It is no more conforming, it is no more standardized, it is anything but. They want to redefine how we work, where we work, when we work, etc. And that can rub. Leaders and C suite, and some companies, that's tough to embrace. Therefore, it's going to result in, of course, then that reaction. So I, I feel that that certainly uh, contributes to a lot of the press. Um, it, take a you know, the millennials are killing everything. That's the, the funny parts and stuff. But there's some real impact in day to day efficiencies, day to day work, company survival, retention, etc that if anyone listening, if you're running a company, it is time to adapt. Because remember the numbers I shared with you or Gen Xers, we we don't have the numbers. You will disappear. Tune in to our
0: next episode for the remainder of our interview with Generations in the Workplace expert, Tim Dean.
1: You've been listening to the Leadership 480 podcast. To learn more about 480 Leadership, visit ddiworld.com slash 480